This morning we share in, the, in a sermon about the fourth tenet of the church covenant. And it re- represents a turn to, in a way, our individual call to cultivate and keep faith in a way that relates to one another. It also very much turns towards the home and our need to have homes that talk about faith. If we look back across the last three weeks that we talked, have talked about the, the covenant, as members of Oxford Baptist Church, we commit to watch over and care for one another. We commit to gather for the worship and the services and the programs of the church. And we commit to seek divine guidance and avoid ungodliness. Those are the first three tenets. And the fourth is this, that we will cherish and uphold secret prayer and family religion and will faithfully endeavor by precept and example to train our children and those under our care in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. That we will care for and raise our children so that they will know the Lord. From our public commitments to our corporate gatherings and service to one another, to seeking divine guidance and now seeking uh, guidance that extends into the home. The reality is this church covenant that we've all signed on to holds us to some pretty high standards. But I think high standards are necessary, especially when it comes to faith and the home, because Because though I'll say more about it later, the church can't do all that it needs to do on its own. If we want to nurture our faith, it takes more than just just being here. And it takes more than just one parent and one child. It It takes a whole family of believers. And that's why we turn to the book of Deuteronomy this morning and hear a word about how the people of Israel were called to do this. In Deuteronomy 6, we read about how the people of Israel are to instruct their children in the commandments. In Deuteronomy 5, they get the Ten Commandments. And in Deuteronomy 6, they get some instructions about how they're supposed to do this throughout all of time. And the Israelites are not just commanded to rest and worship on the Sabbath. They're not allowed to rely only on one experience to save them. They're told that in keeping the commandments, the work is beginning. And the one thing we know about these commandments and and a life of faith is that it takes time and intentionality to to significantly, significantly commit to a life of faith. And it sure helps to have a community of believers around us as this happens. And so we listen for that. We listen for the community. We listen for the instructions of God as we turn to Deuteronomy chapter 6 and read verses 1 through 9. Now, this is the commandment 
the statutes and the ordinances that the Lord your God charged me to teach you to observe in the land that you are about to cross into and occupy, so that you and your children and your children's children may fear the Lord your God all the days of your life and keep all his decrees and commandments that I am commanding you, so that your days may be long. Hear, therefore, O Israel, and observe them diligently, so that it may go well with you, and so that you may multiply greatly in the land flowing with milk and honey, as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, has promised you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. Now keep these words that I am commanding you today in your heart. Recite them to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are away, when you lie down and when you rise. Bind them as a sign on your hand. Fix them as an emblem on your forehead and write them on the doorposts of your houses and on your gates. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Back in 2015, CBS This Morning ran a story about a young boy named Rahui. He was a first grader in Japan. And the story was about Japanese school children kindergartners, first graders, second graders, who are responsible to get themselves to school. This is not a latchkey kid. This is a a kid and a culture who have the expectation that first graders will go to school by themselves, even if their commute in a large Japanese city takes an hour and involves things like buses and subways. Rahui, the the seventh grader that they profiled, left his house about 7 a.m. after being up for a breakfast of rice and fish. He walked about 10 minutes to the train station, took a train across town, then got off, off the train and went on into school. And this is normal. My son's never even walked to my house two blocks away by himself. And these children make their way across the city on their own. And to the delight of parents everywhere in Japan, there are no carpool lines. Now, one key factor, probably the most important factor in making all of this happen, is the cultural expectation that all of the Japanese people share that that this child is going to get to school safely and this child is going to get home safely. His backpack labels him as a seven-year-old first grader who is commuting so the people on the train know that they need to leave him alone to do what it is he needs to do or, if he's looking for assistance, help him. The community knows which children are commuting to school And they work together to collectively raise the children and help the children learn this practice. 
Now, this is an exciting and daunting idea. It's not one that I think is going to happen in Oxford anytime soon. But it's not that much different from the, the responsibility and expectations we have for ourselves and for our children. Oh, the action is much different. But, but the reality is, in the same way that the Japanese children are committing to raise their children around a set of practices, we too must consider our responsibility for raising our children around a set of practices that have to do with faith, don't we? Now, nurturing a deep faith in the life of a child is, is very much the responsibility of the congregation. Much of what we do here every day and every week is to help everyone cultivate a real faith in their life. But, but that is so that we also may help our children have a real, significant, deep, meaningful faith. But if we're honest, the, the role of the church is actually kind of limited. It's going to take more than just what happens on this block. I did a little rough figuring, and the, be, the best case that I can figure out is that, that, that the church has about 150 hours a year to influence and nurture and cultivate faith within children. If you're quick with math, you probably can figure out how I got there. But, but let's figure two hours on a Sunday for 52 weeks a year. That's about 100 hours. Let's figure an hour and a half on Wednesday nights for about 25 weeks a year. And that's another 40 hours. So to reach 100 150 hours a year of, of, of you or a child being involved in the cultivation of faith formation on this campus, you've got to show up about 90% of the time and then engage in special programs, camps, and 15 hours of vacation Bible school. Now, 150 hours is generous. You can do a lot in 150 hours and unless you think, you know, well, I wrote a lot of things down that, that, that you can do in less than 150 hours and a few things that take more than 150 hours to do. But just consider this. In one month, a child receives 125 hours of instruction in public schools. 1,025 hours a year of school. And so any child who engages in an activity for more than three hours a week is likely going to exceed their church participation in a given year. So though 150 hours is a significant amount of time, it's not enough to shape your faith entirely. It takes more, which is why we get the word that we get in the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy reminds us that for faith to take hold, we need to talk to our children about God's promises and God's love when we walk along the road and when we settle in to eat. We need to say our prayers when we lie down and when we wake up. 
And the way God is at work in our lives needs to be more than just a Facebook meme with some words about God's promises for opening a window layered on top of a beautiful sunrise picture. We need to engage our faith at home and not just stick with not just stick our kids in the programs of the church if we truly believe that what happens here is worth investing in. And God's people in Deuteronomy, it seems, did not expect that the congregation could do everything necessary to raise our children in the faith. And the covenant doesn't either. So instead of just relying on the worship of the church on the weekends when it's possible for us to take time to gather, and instead of just cultivating faith at home by saying grace before a meal, Scripture reminds us we must do both. We need faithful parents and families who come to church and are aware enough of God's work in their lives to tell the story of how faith is making its way through their lives. But our covenant also reflects that the church, the whole church, will be deeply invested in how we raise our children because we're deeply invested in our relationships with God. And we seek to help them learn the power of God's grace and love, which helps spread our faith, which helps name our faith for us, and fulfills God's promise to Abraham that all the nations would be blessed because of his faithfulness. How we raise our children in faith is a thread throughout the scriptures and through the life of the church. And it starts with you, it starts with me. In his commentary about the book of Acts, Willie Jennings, the former one of the former dean, assistant deans of Duke Divinity School, wrote about the cultivation of faith when he writes, In Acts, we find people who know how to listen to the Spirit. This kind of cooperation might, in fact, be rare, but it doesn't have to be. Wherever women and men give themselves to the discipline that attune the body to its hunger for the Spirit... They will find themselves receptive to the voice of God. They will hear the Spirit speaking and offering guidance. We have a communion-bearing, community-forming God who speaks in the midst of the multitude and and has made known where we must go to follow the Spirit's movements. Wherever women and men give themselves to the disciplines that attune the body to its hunger for the Spirit, they find themselves receptive to the voice of God, he said. When I came across this a few weeks ago, I thought about this sermon because, because it's the habits we engage in personally that prepare us to share this faith with those we're called to share it with. And if we're not in the habit of cultivating our faith outside of our attendance at church, we can't be attuned to the presence of the Spirit of God and the work of the Spirit all around us. 
And in that way, we can't keep the covenant. We can't keep the commandments if we're not attuned to the work of the Spirit. Because if we're not attuned to the work of the Spirit, we won't talk about God's love and presence when we lie down and when we get up. We won't talk about God's love and God's presence when we're at home and when we go out. But when we personally cultivate the habits that attune us to the Spirit, it becomes very easy for us to share the love of God with our children and with any children we're given the opportunity to care for. And here's the thing. We can do this. Oh yes, we must do it, but we can do this. This is what God's created us for. Just like a community in Japan who nurtures little children walking through neighborhoods, getting to and from school, we can, with a little effort, keep the covenant we've made to attend to our children well. We can keep the covenant because, because we need one another. I can't raise my child on my own. I need your help. And we can keep the covenant as a baptized body of Christ who gathers for worship and for support and for fellowship and for care but departs to love and serve because of what we've experienced. And through all kinds of means, because we share in this fellowship together, we begin to see and experience the love of God in ways we never imagined. But, but once we've seen it, can't imagine living without. And these are the ways that our children will come to know the love of God. Because we're sharing it with them. The covenant says that we will cherish and uphold secret prayer and family religion. And will faithfully endeavor by precept and example. Some big words. To train our children and those under our care. In the nurture and admonition of the Lord. This is a commitment we make to one another. It's one that we can do. We have done. It's one that we always need to attend to and always need to, to work on so that we're doing it well. But it's one we're called to do for one another. And so today, I pray that we may open ourselves up to our own experiences of God so that we might discern how God's leading us to keep this covenant, this commitment for one another and for the sake of our children today and in the days ahead.